everybody. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world and what day you're watching us. But we are live on Saturday. And welcome to Girl Club. This is a place where real girls have real talk about real issues, always seeking to apply our real faith. And so, you know, living in faith is not easy in the world today. We get it. There's so much around us that tells us, you know, that believing in anything, you know, or anyone is really uh, dumb. You know, there's so much around us that makes us feel like we can't hope in much. But we know as believers that we can hope in God. And we know that we've got a very real faith that has very real promises. And so our desire here on Girl Club is for all of you to link arms with us. So click subscribe, 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 become a member of of Girl Club. It's free. We love being here with you. We just launched on podcast. So on all of your favorite podcast platforms, you guys, you can find all of these Girl Club episodes now and going into the future. We're really excited. Whether you check us out on Spotify, iTunes, um, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, we're there. And we're super excited about that. And I'm super excited about that picture of all four of us because (laughs) there's nothing like lights and hair and makeup. But um You can tell I'm on the go today because whenever this spiritual chick isn't in her home studio bringing you this broadcast, you can tell by the different backgrounds that um, this spiritual chick is on the go. But I'm super excited today because all four of your Girl Club uh, tribe is here this morning. Yay! (laughs) Together! Finally! It's a miracle. (laughs) Yay. So for those of you who are regulars, you know who these ladies are. For those of you who might be new to uh, to Girl Club and just finding us, we've got in the yellow turtleneck up there, Christina Reynolds. Yay! Our resident Yay. hot Asian chick. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and, and singer, songwriter, uh, talented teacher, you guys. Um, great and longtime friend and sister in Christ. And I love you, CR. Um, and then, and then in white is our hot blonde surfer chick, Nova Page. Hey, <laughs> you guys, you know, you could, we couldn't accomplish this in, in central casting. So I just, I mean, I just love it. We are the United Colors of Benetton. Here. Um, <laughs> Nova, Nova is also a super talented singer and songwriter, <laughs> longtime friend, amazing pastor. Nova's been in ministry with her husband, as has Christina Reynolds, for a long time. So for me, it's really fantastic to have them here sharing, not just from their musical gift, but sharing from the wellspring that exists inside of them that flows out of their relationship with the Lord. And so I say equally the same about Christina Boudreaux. Last but not least, our, our, our other tribe member whose hair may change colors, but her heart for Jesus is total totally always the same. She's an amazing evangelist, an amazing, amazing sister in Christ, and just a fantastic teacher. And I think for those of you who join us regularly, you've probably all been captivated by one of CB's stories, which will have you laughing all the way until you cry. Um, I love that these women find God in everything. And so do I. And I think, honestly, the biggest encouragement I could say from watching Girl Club Um, for those of you who are watching is really and truly we do find God in everything because we know um, that my favorite scripture is true. 
in him, we live and we move and we have our being. And um, we started a conversation last week just to dive right in. Nova and I started a conversation about really based around an article that I found to be really fascinating and challenging and interesting and full. And there's no way to really have this dialogue without diving into all sides of, of, of a problem that exists in the, in the church today. And we have been talking about people who consider themselves spiritual, but they don't so much like church um, for a number of reasons. And so it's interesting because we got a lot of comments and emails about this particular topic. Yes, I love Jesus. Church, not so much. And I was mm. really surprised at how many people had so many things to say. And I just kind of wanted to kick you guys off um, before we dive into this conversation with one of the comments that I know the three of you found interesting, which came in um, from a regular, from Heather. And it said, yes, amen. So many teachings are false. So I don't trust church leaders. I prefer to listen to your ministry and to read his word. And I got to tell you, Heather, the first thing that made us feel is like, the weight of the responsibility that we have to be sowing into you and everyone correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and I think leaders or anybody with a platform should feel the weight of the responsibility of sowing yeah. correctly into people. Because even Jesus said, you know, like many of you should not become teachers mm. because we're going to be held to a, a higher standard of care. So you guys, like, I think this comment right here basically says to us, we are being held to a higher standard of care. But I also felt very sad about this yeah. because church, church and church leaders should be the first place that you can go with anything and find people that are going to love you, people that you can trust to walk through things with you, people yeah. that are not going to judge you, but they are going to speak the truth to you. But speaking the truth in love is really different than just pounding you, you know, about something you may be struggling with. So I am so curious to get you guys' kind of initial comments. I got you. Um, so I don't know, dude, I'm just going to dive in. I was just like, bro. So I know we, me and Christina and Nova and all of us talk about just like experiences that all of us have had with church. And I think that when I went through what I went through in Montana, which was the close of a global abuse ministry, like of a ministry that was global that went, um, that closed because of a global abuse scandal. Like it was just crazy. Um, it does take time to, to learn how to trust church leaders again. And I remember when everything happened, I was back home at my parents' house and I was going to Calvary Golden Springs and going to their young adults group with my good friend, Wade, he teaches and it was small and it was intimate. And that was all that I honestly could handle at that time was just going to a young adults group and just all I needed and all I wanted was a simple teaching was a simple worship teaching of the word and then just prayer. That's all I could handle. And when I did that, I think God just used that small study to get me like back in church. Um, I think Cynthia, we could hear you though. Can you hear us? Cynthia? Sorry guys. I can't hear anything. 
I'm just, can, can you guys hear me? Yeah. I'm struggling we can with hear audio. You. So just a second. Hello. Hello. Can't mm. hear anything. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. We, can you hear Everybody's us? Everybody's silent on my side. Girls, um, can we hear each other? Christina yes. Reynolds. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. We're having some technical difficulties here in that I can't hear. Hmm. Anna, is there something you can do from your side in studio control? Uh, she, she, yeah. I know she's looking at the chat. I'm going to leave and rejoin. Okay. That might be the smartest thing for me. Hang on. We miss you already, Cynthia. <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> oh, technical difficulty. Yeah, it's, I, I hear, I know, I know she's logging back on, but just to like piggyback uh, Boudreaux on just I, something that came to my mind when you were saying that is, you know, in any broken relationship, and you've probably heard me say this a million times that yeah. it takes time because trust, trust grows yeah. over time. It, it's never yeah. immediate. A trust can be broken in a second and then yeah. it's going to take a while to trust again. So that's probably where you're sitting. And this is what I needed in order for trust to grow again. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. those baby steps, like to, like for a friend, you know, like it's so human to, um, to just take those first steps. Like for me, like just going to that Bible study, you know, was that first step for me. And then going to, you know, back into like normal church, you know, like back into serving. And I was touring with the whosoever's. And so it was easy for me because I have such an amazing squad. But going back into church culture, when this uh, as when this abuse scandal was so global and our abuse was so like our stories were so out there. And there was people that I knew who knew about the abuse that we were going through who, when everything happened, pretended like they never knew what was happening. And I'm like, you knew what was happening, dude. And so it took me a while to even trust people again, where um, I had like an incident not long after that, where the Lord allowed me to go through a very similar thing again. Um, I don't want to talk about like details of it, but um, where I faced sexual harassment in a church setting again. And when I did, um, the Lord used me to go through it because there was someone else going through it. And that same day that that person was met with to be confronted with it was the same day that I confronted this person with it. And this person ended up actually um, getting dealt with, which was so crazy. Like Holland helped me through that whole situation. But um, it was just crazy because because I went through it once, I was able to recognize it again. And that person that was actually being like sexually harassed in church came to me. And they said like, oh, like that night crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we're being harassed by the same person. And I actually went through it with this person. So I happened again, but this time it's like, I mean, it like bugged me, but I, it wasn't, it didn't break me, you know, because I recognized it and I was able to bring it to light. And then it just like totally got dealt with. And I, that's why I love like Holland Davis, because he totally spoke so much truth to me and was like, Christina, like God, God allowed you to go through this again, because um, he wanted you to help someone else, but that didn't keep me from 
continually going to church, I just realized that in church, there's going to be wolves, you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes when you have encountered a wolf in the past, the Lord will give you eyes to see them in the future, to be able to see when the wolves come in the, in the sheepfold and to be able to see like, Hey, no, like there's something off about that one. So Mm -hmm. I actually see my story as a gift now. And when there's something that I feel like is kind of off, like I encountered another situation this last week, actually, this is really interesting. I'm not going to say details, but I encountered another situation this last week um, where there was something that had happened to me again. And it was very sad. And it honestly, it like really kind of crushed my spirit for like a day. But um, the Lord used it to bring to light a situation that needed to be addressed within the body and within this specific dynamic. And to be honest with you, um, I was thankful that the Lord allowed me to go through it because I was able to handle it, but it needed to be addressed. And so, and on the other side of it, I'm like, Lord, thank you. And I think the Lord's going to continually allow me to maybe be, I don't want to say the guinea pig, but sometimes like when, like I've realized that sheep have teeth and when the Lord allows me to kind of go through it, because what had happened in the situation this last week is that many people witnessed this scenario, like a lot of people. And they were like, of all people, why would you do this to Christina? And it brought such a hard hand of reprimandation from the shepherds that they were just like, no. But the thing is, is that this individual was also hurting other people as well. But because they witnessed them, this person doing it to me, they were just like, oh my gosh, like this is literally what's been happening underneath our noses and we didn't realize it. And so, for, so yeah. But, you, you know, just to kind of jump, I think what's um, super important about your experiences with, yeah. you know, with the ministry in Canada and, and even right up until recently is you still always go back and get involved in church. And yeah. And I think like when we look at this topic, you know, we have to remember the overriding thing is what Roger said to me. He goes, you know, yeah, he said church is super flawed because people are super flawed. He said, but remember, the church is the bride of Christ and Jesus Christ loves the bride yes. and he's for his bride and he's coming back for his bride. Yes. And so that's mm-hmm. like that, that kind of over arching thought really like blows my mind because I know that, you know, statistically a lot of people, you know, really are trying to figure out church, you know, for themselves. I I know, you know, I have kind of a, a pullback on, um, I have, I I feel like I sort of have a gifting to, um, of discernment and, um, and then word of knowledge, you know, so God will often drop things in my spirit about people, you know, that I'm dealing with. And so a lot of times I walk into situations with leaders or what have you. And, you know, I start getting overwhelmed with a lot of um, stuff that I see in them, not good stuff, you know, um, bad stuff even, you know. And so that'll, that can very easily make you kind of pull back and go into protect mode. And okay, I don't want to get involved here. But then are we depriving the people, the other members in the body, because we're removing our experience, we're removing our life from the church situation. And I mean, that's clearly, you know, not a great thing, 
right? Because like, I mean, I wish that you went to my church, Christina and Christina and Nova, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know what you can, what you contribute to the atmosphere. So it's kind of like, you know, this is a big one, I think, for us to try to dissect. And I'm not, I'm not sure if you kind of hit on this, you know, when I was in audio hell, but you know, I had to kind of log out and log back in. But I know one of the things I wanted Christina Reynolds to touch on was something that we were talking about before. And you said, I don't want to be entertained. Well, you know, I just spent part of last week at NRB, which is the big national religious broadcasters conference and all the big religious, you know, media outlets and, and, and networks and, and shows and cons- all the conservative um, podcasts and shows, everyone is there represented. And one of the things that a really big media guy said was, you know, church has to up its game in reaching the lost, meaning we got to get onto these new platforms. We have to go find the lost, which I could agree with that, right? Which is why you can now find Girl Club on TikTok and coming soon to Rumble. But, you know, like, okay. But one of the other things he said, which the church, Pastor Alan Jackson, Dr. Michael Youssef, Eric Metaxas, big, you know, big names in the kingdom, they all really didn't seem to agree with. One of the things that this media guy said was, you've got to up your entertainment game. And whether you like it or not, there is an aspect of having good music, having good entertainment in church. And I, I, I know I'm definitely waiting to hear from you. I'm cringing right now. <laughs> right. It's hard. Right. So share. <laughs> I think that this is the very... This just shows one of the big reasons as to why people aren't getting reached by the church is because we're trying so hard to follow along with, with the world standards and the world's strategies of, of um, getting influence and of getting eyeballs on you. And that is not the way of the kingdom. Like to me, I'm like, I, to me, I want something to, to live for. I want something to die for. I want something that I have to give everything for. That's what, that's what makes it precious and worthy. And to pawn it off as like some cheap little five second thrill is just so below the worth of Jesus that it actually pisses me off. And right now I'm going through my own issue with like being at church because I don't want to be entertained. Like I've been actually really drawn to Christian orthodoxy because of the beauty of just the preservation of the ancient faith, of of the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity and beauty and holiness of Jesus. And if you go to an orthodox church, prepare to either fall asleep or work really hard to enter into communion because they'll say, you're like, you're not going to be here. If you're going to be here, you're not going to be entertained. It's going to be hard. It's work. It's work to like enter and it's work to humble yourself and, and, and like realize and cling to mercy going, I'm just happy to be here that I've even been invited into communion. And I think that that's why we're with where I'm at right now. I cannot, I will not walk into another church where, where there's smoke machines and everything goes dark and the, and the worship leaders at the front of this stage, like Jesus, Jesus, but everyone's looking at you. Like, I, I, I think there's just been this like shift where like Jesus is not the center anymore. It's about how many people can we get in? Well, you shouldn't wear that shirt. You should wear this shirt. Your hair doesn't look good. I've heard of churches that people come into and they're like, I'll never go there again because I don't look like a model or like I don't fit in. And it's just, ah, 
ah, sorry. I, 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 this is just where I'm at right now. I feel like I'm like, like what I have an issue with is just the expression of Western Christian culture. And it's disgusting me because it's about show. It's about ego. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit too intense. Okay. It's not, no, you're not saying off is what it comes off as is building man's empire. And we're not yeah. meant to build man's empire. We're meant to further the kingdom of God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it louder for the people in the back. But and the other thing with being relevant, I, I do think, yes, learn technology. If you want to even just like, like, like if you want to be able to survive in the world, that's great. I think it's great to learn algorithm, this and that. But if that is what we're hinging on to get the gospel to people, how about just being a good neighbor? How about just like when you go to Walmart or Nordstrom or wherever that you're kind, you smile. Do you not know mm-hmm. that as Christians, we should be radiating the life of Christ? That in itself to me is evangelism. That in itself to me is a witness as being an ambassador of Christ on the earth. So I, I'm just really passionate about this because this is where the Lord has been taking me mm-hmm. over these, these last six years. You want to talk about like, like, like I have not sat in a church service in like, oh my God, three years or so. But you know, that doesn't mean that I don't love the church, that I don't love people in the church. Did you know that church is not a, a building? It's not an infrastructure. It's actually people. And mm-hmm. I worship with my kids and my husband on Sundays and we pray together and we fall in love with Jesus together. And then we go and we worship with their friends and we have prayer meetings like that to me is church. So I think we need to also define what is church. And bingo. And also, I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah, just, because I can talk forever. But. No, bingo, bingo. I love, I love, I love to see you get passionate about this stuff. Fired up. When you say like, first so of good, all, Christina says I haven't sat in church. Christina has been in the front of a church leading worship for years. So sitting in actual church, experiencing church is like a whole kind of other realm. Like you have, I think you and Nova, have well all of us it's like when you're in leadership you're you have the this twofold experience of church right because yes you really realize what a gift it is to sit in the presence of god to sit in and that's why i think for for me and i think what i hear you saying too christina is that you really come to value your home church situations your home groups your your um you know, the smaller fellowship you get to have with your family when you worship together with your family. And because in all honesty, the, the, what is church? I mean, is that, and that is really the big question is church just the four walls in the building. And I really don't believe that it is because if it's just the four walls and the building, we're in trouble because that means that we're not living our lives like a church without walls. Now, Ecclesia, and Roger did, you know, I, I think, I think next week or at some point we'll, we'll we got to bring Roger in on this conversation because scripturally there's much to be said about the church being also the building, you know, mm. what's, what's happening in the building is sacred, you know? And so I don't want to, I don't want to go, you know, away from, we never want to go away from scripture here. Mm. Right. But but we have to honestly look at the fact that what's going on in the buildings we call churches mm-hmm. has wounded a lot of people. That's why, I mean, Anna, I don't know if you can quickly pull up that statistic. There are so many people that 
they, they consider themselves spiritual. They consider themselves on par. There's one of these statistics it's, it shows I'd love for you. I mean, look at this. Love Jesus, but not the church. 89%. Practicing Christians, 90%. Evangelicals, 92 This is of all adults, 65% who, uh, of all adults consider themselves spiritual. But 89%, uh, uh, well, 92% of that number, right, considers themselves evangelicals. But 89% can actually say they love Jesus, but not the church. That's, that's, that's craziness to me. That's a staggering statistic. That is staggering. It is. And so it means that something is being done incorrectly. And I, I, I think what Christina is saying is one of those incorrect things. And I, I really do believe this is true, having experienced it from a leadership perspective and from the perspective of just going to church because I want to sit in the seat and grow. You know, I don't want to be the leader. I want to sit. I want to grow. I want to fellowship with my brothers and sisters. One of the things that occurs to me is that I do agree with you, CR. I think so many people, so many leaders and so many churches are putting so much value on entertainment that they're, I mean, look, Nova, I mean, you can put so much value on entertainment that you start hurting the people who are there, you know, being the worship team, you know, because I mean, there's, there's so much that I see, you know, you start putting value on entertainment. Now, all of a sudden you want your worship leaders to all worship the same way because you want your church to have a certain sound or a certain look. And hello, look at us. We're the body of Christ. None of us look alike. Like we, that's why I, I, I literally joke all the time about the girl club. We're the United Colors of Benetton. We are, we are the UN in front of your eyes, loving Jesus. I mean, you know, it's like, you couldn't put this together in central casting. Why? Because I really believe that Jesus wants an illustration of his church and his church does not all look like old men. And honestly, <laughs> I got to tell you, walking through even NRB, one of the things that struck me was, wow, the majority of people in church are women. But as women, the majority of our leadership is men. No wonder so many of us women, you know, have a struggle as women. We don't have enough women role models to look up to who love the Lord. We don't have enough women stewarding and leading and guiding. And so I, it's kind of, to me, like a, like a one parent household. I mean, look, I was a single parent for a long time and you do the best you can to be mom and dad. But the reality is that God created it a certain way. He loves mom and he loves dad. And the two of them working together create a whole unit called the family. What's wrong with the family of Christ? That we only see single dads, you know? So, I, I, which is part of why I believe that Girl Club is so important. And it's part of why I believe that each of you is so important. All of you watching and each of you three is because women need women, also to step into this space and to be speaking about these issues. And I mean, Anna, can you go to the privately spiritual? I want to, you know, I, I'd love to look at this. Um, let me see. There's a, there's part of this that I, this article that I really want you guys to take a look at. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's of this number of people that we're looking at. I got to read this to you. Due to their enduring religious affiliation and overtly religious faith, 
this group that we're talking about who love Jesus, but not so much the church falls outside of the characterization of spiritual, but not religious folks. The topic, uh, and this will be something more we'll talk about in the coming weeks. But one thing they do share is a sense of spirituality. Slightly fewer than nine in 10 identify as spiritual on par with practicing Christians and far exceeding the national average. But unlike practicing Christians and evangelical, evangelicals, this spirituality is deeply personal, even private, with many people preferring to keep spiritual matters to themselves. Only two in five say they talk with their friends about spiritual matters often which is less than half as much as practicing Christians and almost four times less than evangelicals. Can you put the graph back up there? Um, evangelicals are obviously known for evangelizing and sharing their faith. When asked specifically about evangelizing, whether they personally have a responsibility to tell others about their beliefs, the differences are even more striking. Fewer than three in 10 of the love Jesus, but not the church group, agree strongly that they have a responsibility to proselytize compared to more than half of practicing Christians and all of evangelicals. So while spiritual topics may often or sometimes come up, the actual act of trying to convert someone is a low priority for this group. You guys, we are called to make disciples. How important do you guys think it is that we're supposed to be sharing our faith? That's the question, because a large number of people prefer to be private in their faith. I think you have to also define what it means or, or I guess, actually, I would just have to say that sharing your faith can look like many different ways. Um, I think growing up in the church and being in a very uh, evangelism or uh, missions driven ministry, a lot of times the way that um, evan evangelizing can be perceived as, okay, you have to take these tracks. You have to go stand on the side of the corner. You have to do these outreaches, which is all amazing. I mean, Christina Boudreau does amazing work. Um, but I think that there's like many different ways that we are to evangelize or witness or share our faith. So, um, I think, I do think that it's very important and it, but like for me personally, I feel like that comes first and foremost, Yes, with that spirituality, I can't really relate to the keeping it fully private. Of course, like in the right context, I would share here with with you ladies, you know, with my friends and family. But I don't think that there's a way that if you are in such deep connection with Jesus and have this spiritual connection with him, I don't see how you can even live your life without confessing your faith and all that you do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I it mean, does. Yeah. I'm always ready to share the gospel. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, honestly, when I wake up in the morning, I, most mornings, I try to remember to ask God to allow me to partner with him today um, and use me as a vessel. And I, I really, I, I feel like, man, on the days that he hears that prayer and, and when I pray that prayer, he usually makes it a day that he hears that prayer. Okay. So there's a direct correlation between my heart to want him to use me as a vessel and him using me. Cause I think he searches the whole world and all he wants is people that will allow him to use them as a vessel. So there's nothing that makes me feel better than to have that moment where I've been able, you know, in the middle of moving, I had a kid come to the house um, to pick up something for a friend of mine, young 20 year old, 21 year old kid who's working for a friend of mine in entertainment, working for Alan, Christina, you know, Savori. Um, and so he sends his kid over 
And this kid, you know, kind of gave me one of these, like, you know, it's so nice to meet you. I'm a truth seeker. I'm on a journey. And I was like, immediately the Holy Spirit was like, there's a lot of um, new age ism that's, that's um, around this kid. And the second the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about it, of course, I knew that's because God wanted him. So the next thing I know, I basically stop my moving, turn everything over to my husband for what literally became until the next day, because the kid ended up so enthralled with Jesus in me and through me that he's, I had him spend the night because he wow. got sleepy. So I put him in a guest bedroom, had him spend the night. We fed him. We loved on him. We sent him home with a stack of books and Bible scripture and everything else. And I was like, oh, my God, I just literally just paid these guys. I don't know how much money to be here and couldn't do anything all day. But I was so excited because when I, I looked at this kid and I said, do you know that my prayer this morning was that God would use me as a vessel? to share him with someone in you walk. I knew immediately that it was you and he left there on fire for Christ again and in love with Jesus and wanting to explore who Jesus was. And I know that each of you has that heart. I know like, and, and, but, but those things have to be authentic, right? Like, I don't think we can walk around and force those things, you know, yeah. like I think I just listen and look for the leading of the Holy spirit to do those things. And um, I don't know. It, it, that was just sort of how I process it. I, I, I think when I'm tuned in, you know, in all honesty, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do believe that being privately spiritual is in some way not owning what God wants us to own because Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my father in heaven. I want to be acknowledged right now today, all day before my father in heaven. Cause I got needs. <laughs> I got a, you know what I mean? I got I'm like, okay, don't forget about this. Jesus. Don't forget about that. You know? Um, yeah. Cynthia, as I'm listening to you, I think what I'm hearing you say, because I'm the, I, not that I want to reiterate, but I'm really trying to listen to what you said and how I feel about my own story in sharing Jesus. And I think I, what I heard you say is to be available, be honest and be bold with your own story because Christ has done the work in your life. And so to share it is the biggest gift ever. So I, I agree with you. Sometimes there are spaces where you're sitting on the, the corner and you're just looking for people. But I think we, we, I mean, I am, I want to share Jesus and like to everyone, you know, but I, I think what I look for is it and how I actually am gifted to do it. And I think we have to look how God has, he places us and he gives us the gifts and he gives us the personality. And I'm a natural, I naturally can empathize with people's story. And if I can find when I'm talking to somebody, and this is just about sharing the gospel. When I, when I see the chink in their armor and just seeing that thing going on in them and they're wrestling to go, God, you know what? I remember when you did this and to be able to share the gospel from that framework so that they go, yeah, you're not, you're not just like telling me accept Jesus or you're going to going to hell, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's really being able to discern people's story because they want to find their story. They want to find God in their story. And so mm. I, I'm a, I guess a big proponent of being 
finding, you know, being available, being honest and being bold and, and being, and, and relate to people. Not so that I can look like a cool Christian, but because I want the heart of Jesus to like be alive in me and share the gospel in a really like true and authentic way. And, you know, so to, for me, I'm like, I, I, I would probably consider myself in some ways I am, you know, like Christina Reynolds, we've been on platform and yet there's a, there's a privacy to our life too. Right. Like um, there is a, you know, just, Oh man, I'm tired Lord. But I, my, my life is an open book. My story uh, uh, regarding my walk with Jesus. And I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be private. I, I want people to know him from my story. So I don't know if that answers the question. The other thing I did want to say, and don't, I don't mean to go back, but something stuck out to me, you know, Boudreaux, when, when you, when you alluded to God wanting you to go through what you went through, I, it, it, it's, it sparked something in me because yeah. I do not believe that God wanted you to go through that. Mm. I don't, but yeah. he knew you probably would yeah. because of humanity. Mm. And so he gave you the grace for it. I will say yeah, that, sure, but yeah. I do not believe he wants you to go through that. I don't, I don't think that's yeah, the kind of sure. God that we have. And so yeah. I, I, anyone listening who's yeah. going through like major trauma and pain, I don't believe that God wanted you to go through that. And I, and mm. I, I apologize for being so passionate about that, but because yeah. I know my father yeah. and I really don't think he's like, this will show him, this will teach him. No, he knows that hard things will happen and it hurts him. Yeah. And it hurts him that you're hurting. So I just wanted to make sure we came back to that and rephrase that. And I don't mean to go all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, but I felt it was so important to say that he didn't, doesn't want you to go through that. He just knows that we live in the world where you you likely might, and and we can ask him for the grace to get through those hard things. But I just... You know, and and I wanted to say too, there are uh, just to give some hope, you guys. I went to a Wesleyan Holiness uh, clergy conference, and now this is a group of women who are leaders and pastors all over the country. And to be honest with you, to sit in a room full of leaders and pastors was so empowering. We think it doesn't exist, but it has. And there are many women who have paved the way for women to be pastors and leaders. And I want to acknowledge that that actually is happening. Uh, people just aren't maybe aware of that. And one of the most, and think talking about being entertained and not entertained. I was not entertained at that conference. I'm going to tell you that. I wasn't entertained. I've heard more wow worship. I've, I've, but here's what I got. They, they really love the scripture. They love the, the word of God. They um, seek the truth. I, one of the most powerful things I experienced was, and, and I'll tell you the reason why I'm sharing this because I had my own experience with this, but they ended a night and they, they did this call and response and it was very liturgical. And some might say, boring and not entertaining. But I'm telling you, as these women read scripture, they, I could feel that they ate it and they digested it and they were speaking it. And I felt the holy presence Mm -hmm. of God in that room. And there, so it, it was like a call and response and it was so meaningful. And we ended the night unlike any other conference I've ever been to where it's like, whoa, let's cheer it. It was 
quiet. And they said, we're just going to leave the room in quiet. And we just left the room. Hundreds of women just out of the softness. There was softness. There was beauty. There was, there was just reverence. And I think mm-hmm. what I've experienced is the lack of reverence within the yes, church. And yes. It just goes. And I just, it was so powerful. And here's why I share it. Because recently Mm -hmm. I was invited to uh, lead worship at an event. And my heart is that I would set a table that people might have a meal with Jesus, that that Mm -hmm. what I bring is not them trying to worship me, but they would worship the one true and living God and really experience Mm -hmm. his presence and his goodness and his love. And when I ended that night, it was, it, I ended it almost like, that it was like, okay, let's settle into his presence. Just know like he's with you. And I, I can tend to just desire to bring the calm because we live in such a noisy world where we're so entertained. And I decided in my spirit, I would do this. Well, then I had the pastor and his wife and God bless them. He, they are so awesome, but they came in. They're like, you know, what we need to do, we need to sing that ones with where we just declare. And they, it's like, they just threw up all over the, the yeah. sweet, like soft presence of God and, and not to, I'm not shaming what they did. What I'm saying is it's a missed opportunity in the church mm. to allow people to soak in God's presence. Cause I really, I love churches that really, uh, believe in spiritual transformation and, mm-hmm. and and giving people the nuggets of like there's there's such beauty in solitude in silence in mm-hmm. um you know in secrecy with the lord and so yeah. i think we we just we are just like just speak lots of words and say the right phrases and people will be excited and we never get them to the point where they're really they're really contemplating the word and the truth of God's word and, and allowing it to sink in and make the 18 inch drop from the head to the heart where it's not just like flashy, you know, stuff. And it's actually transforming power because we tell people just modify your behavior and then you're going to be a good Christian. But <sighs> true transformation is not modified behavior. Do, 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 do. And then cut out and it's, it's a lot. You know what it is? It is a long walk with God. Amen. It is Amen. a long come on, Nova. Yep. So that's what I have to say. Oh, and so and well put. Yeah. Be yeah. still and know that I am God. And and stillness is not found in entertainment. You know what I mean? Entertainment is about filling every moment of the space. And I, I mean I love in some way it makes me think there's just a lack of humility that we think that we are so important that our behavior and our actions and our filling of the space is needed when it's really in the still, in the stillness that I always actually am transformed. That's when I Mm. hear God it's in the stillness and you know, it's so powerful what you're saying, because what I hear you saying, and I heard it, a few minutes ago when Christina Reynolds was talking and sharing and now you Nova and, and I know CB gets this, what I'm hearing you saying has a lot to do with a story, you know, that of a woman I met in, oh gosh, in Malibu years ago. And we were sitting talking about our experiences in our faith. And she, um, she was a born again, Christian um, evangelical. That's how she got saved. That's how her experience caught on fire. She was with 
one of the bigger, I think with Vineyard, one of the denominations that was really about, you know, the, ah, and Jesus and the prophetic and the day. And she had recently converted when I met her after years and years and years to Catholicism. And I was mm. like, whoa. And she goes, she goes, now, before you tell me, hold on, don't be deceived by idols and, and, and doctrine and blah, blah, blah. She goes, has nothing to do with that. She goes, I didn't convert to Catholicism as a religion. <clears throat> she said, I go to Catholic churches. And I was like, okay. And I said, explain. And she goes, because I was raised a Catholic. So, you know, I, I, I get all of this. And she goes, because I go there because there's something about the reverence in mm. the in the rituals and the way that they, you know, worship and the reading of the scripture and just the kneeling and the so it was like she was very clear about her biblical relationship with Christ, but what she was craving was a place she could go where the reverence of God was was still what people were were after. And I think you guys have hit the head or hit, hit the nail so on the head. There's a reverence lacking for who Christ is. There's a real disconnect from the fact that, look, when he taught us how to pray, think about what it, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. That's the first thing that we're supposed to understand. The, mm -hmm. Before you get to give us this day our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, help me with my laundry list, I need this, I need that. He wants us okay. to step into the reality of who he is. My father, who's in heaven, holy are you. Holy is your name. Hallowed be thy name. You know, you are righteous. You are worthy. You are, you are the only one deserving of our praise. Like we're supposed to be putting ourselves in a heart place that really does come out of revering him. We're supposed yes. to revere who he is before we even get to the rest of the prayer. And that's the way Jesus taught us to pray. Right. You know what, Cynthia? And like you were touching on, you know, way back in the beginning that you wanted to have Roger on to talk about the importance of a building. And I'm just sitting here going, oh, my gosh. Like like when you think about the temple back in the day, 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 day in the beginning, that was that was purely just to house the glory of God so that he That's could actually right. be in the midst of the people. And like only the high priest could even enter in like one time a year. I'm totally killing this. I don't know exactly. But and then there were priests who who served within that temple. It wasn't even an option for the, you know, the normal people to come in and be a part of that, you know. And I'm just thinking of like now of just the importance of a building of housing the glory of God, like, you know, and thinking just in my mind processing what that even means to enter into his presence and why we're even there all together. Now that he's made a way for us all to be together, to enter into his presence together, the, the manifest glory of God. Yes, he lives within us, but there is something about that sacredness that, um, you know, coming near to the one that is so transcendent and beyond ourselves, which is why I think unfortunately, and I'm not, there's, there's so much genuineness and sincerity in a lot of the expressions right now. But when you think of God in terms of his holiness and his glory and his total transcendence, and then us drawing near, it makes what we do now feel almost like a mockery of that. And, and I'm not like, I don't want to speak against all that. Cause of course there's always genuine and pure hearts 
I love that we can just show up in our jeans and our t-shirts and our flip-flops and know that he loves us. That's great. But I think there is a part of us as human beings who are fully spiritual, who are longing to be struck with the fear of the Lord, to be in awe of his wonder and of his glory. And because we've watered him down so much to just, just like pay my bills, God, he'll do it. (laughs) But he's so much more than that. Like you said, like in the beginning of the prayers, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. I think... And that's why I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm sitting here going, I've been drawn to like the, to Christian orthodoxy for that main thing. I'm like, wow, the reverence. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like there's a demand on my life for holiness, but in such a beautiful, clean, non-judgmental, legalistic way. Like, I feel like the standard is higher for me, but I'm, I'm only entering because of your mercy. And it's just like this whole swirl of like feelings and, and ideas that like, I'm not getting in a normal westernized church institution yeah you know so i think you really both of you just hit on that yeah. the sacredness the reverence the holiness yeah yeah the sacred the sacred yeah and i gotta tell you one of the things that i so love about the church family that i have in south africa is that at, at least the ministries that i've always been a part of which is crc um and uh rama um there is a really beautiful focus on um, on the altar call on 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 saving souls that that you know everything else is like look we, you know everything else that you do is really unimportant it's 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 that you penetrate through so that people will give their life to Christ and that we can disciple them and I think that 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 part of the reverence of God that has been lost in the Western Church is also the reason why a lot of big churches, a lot of these big movements, especially the ones impacting the youth, you know, I mean, I was blown away going to their churches going, I'm not, I can't, I'm not, I can't come back here. You know, first of all, I mean, I have a hard time sitting underneath someone who's a child, you know, who's been lifted up, you know, and is like young in in the sense of young spiritually, young in life experience, all of that. That's my own thing, you know, but, but I, they weren't doing altar calls. I mean, they're not doing altar calls. They're not, they're not trying to get people to come up and repent and make repent. And I say it first, because we're supposed to repent. Repentance is a part of being saved. And so there's, they're not trying to get people to come up and publicly, you know, make that repentance, give your life to Christ, step out, you know, come into this church family. And I honestly think that that a lot of the goal of why we go to church it has been replaced with let's entertain better. Let's make people feel good. Let's let them leave here. Rah, 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 sis, boom, ba. Didn't we do it? Ha, ha, ha. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like it's like a bunch of cheerleaders as opposed to, okay, come in and sit down for an hour. Let's really reflect on God and who he is and what he's done in your life and what you're doing wrong in your life that you need to surrender? What are your areas of struggle? Like when I sit quietly with God, with whatever I'm struggling with or going through, stuff changes, okay? Stuff changes, you know? And, and I, I, you know, when I think about just this, people who want to keep their faith private, you know? I don't know what kind of a faith it is if you want to keep your faith private because 
if you're reading the Bible, we are called to make disciples. So that means there's an element of being ready to open up our mouths about our yeah. faith. And I just think that all these things really work together to make people feel that way. Do you know what I mean, you guys? Like, Yes, but Cynthia, you know what? Uh, honestly, what I've sometimes seen the church do, and I don't want to say every church, I, what I've sometimes seen the church do is say, um, just bring your friends here and then they'll get saved. And then we don't teach anybody how, what discipleship looks like. We tell them mm -hmm. discipleship looks like just bring your friend and they'll get saved at the altar and they're good to go. They're solid. They're going to go to heaven. And we, <sighs> and I think that's, you know, we haven't even taught like what coming down to the altar, the sacredness of even even coming down to the altar. So we haven't like taught that. We're just like, you're in, you're in the club, you're going to heaven. And right. we haven't taught what that the sacredness of like getting up and, and going and saying, God, my life, I'm surrendering to you. And then walking people through mm -hmm. what they've just done and what that means. And then taking them through discipleship and like, have like setting them up with mentors and like, so I, yeah, I, 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 I think that it is really important to have altar call, but it also, it's important to teach people what that really means and, and how to move forward from that yeah. first yeah. Uh, repentant place. Right. I mean, you guys, I grew up in, in a pastor's home. Like I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. I went to so many like really like cool worship conferences and this and that and felt the Lord and went up to the altar and gave my life to the Lord. It never resulted in anything because no one ever told me what to do afterwards. I was just like, cool. I felt something. Maybe I'll do this thing with no follow-up. So like, I totally feel, you know, I feel like someone could get saved and over I, and over and over again. Sure. But, but, but we're, not, and like, we're not undermining that. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah, Christine, yeah. I think we're saying the same no, thing. No, we're no. not undermining, undermining. No. I think, and I, I agree with you, Cynthia, there are churches that never give people an opportunity. And then there are people that give people opportunity, but never help them grow. So right. like finding like, what is it? What are we missing? And why is it that people go, man, I don't, I, I love Jesus, but not church so much. And like, like there's a gap. There's, there's, right. there's maybe not one gap. There's all these gaps. Right. And I'm not sure if we can solve it in one girl club. That's for sure. But no. it's worth, but it's worth talking about. It is worth talking about. Yeah, no. And that's why, I mean, I, I read this article and I was just blown away and I, and I, and I know that it'll be, you know, that we'll have to have another conversation about it or two, because, because honestly, I think everything about our faith really kind of hinges on taking this issue apart, you guys, because, you know, I don't even know that we have fully answered yet in this session what church is. Mm -hmm. I think I, I really don't. And that, and so I think that's an important place that we will need to pick up with next week. You know, what, what is church, you know? Um, and what is church in the, in these last days and these end times? Because, I mean, I think with the pandemic, we've all been sort of hit with a recreation in, in a way of what church is and can be. You know, um, I think when we were all sort of prohibited from going to our normal building, you know, to have church, um, it, I mean, look, I think, look, for us, I mean, we've decided we do girl club, 
<laughs> we decided, okay, we can't go to church. Well, the enemy's not going to win. We're just going to, you know, we're going to get together. We're going to do girl club. We're going to have some fellowship and we're going to teach and we're going to share and we're going to be iron sharpening iron, you know? And so I think that's pretty amazing because in a sense, you know, we sort of decided to form our own version of church really. And, but, you know, now as we're sort of uh, transitioning back into maybe some normalcy around the world with being able to go back to the buildings, how are we dealing with all of this? You know, and, and I, and I would love to know all of your thoughts for those of you who watch, um, who are watching now and, and who will watch um, throughout the week, you know, what is church? to you you know send us your comments ahead of next week we'd love to know you know what do you think it is and, and what is it in reality for you Wh what are you doing you know a lot of people talk about small groups and how much they love their small groups and i think small groups are fantastic but of course they're only as good as the leader right i mean we're kind of back to the same place you know <sighs> So, uh, right. Are we putting, are we putting a lot on church when really we need to be focusing a lot on why people are so broken because broken people end up leading churches, you know, broken people end up with platforms. And so how do we love the church and love leaders and acknowledge that they're not perfect. You know, I, I think a lot of times I think that people make rock stars out of their pastors and leaders. Yes. Yes, and, they do. And it's wrong because they're just, they're just imperfect people. I mean, right. just like, don't make a rock, do not make a rock star out of me. I say that all the time, please, because I want to be equal with you. I want to be right here on the same ground so that if I fall, I just trip and stumble and you catch me. If I'm up here and I fall, I might be falling from like the top of a roof of a three-story building, hit the right. ground on my head and never recover again. Broken <laughs> down body. <laughs> right. I, I, Cynthia, so that's so, so wise. And you, you, you are speaking the truth. It's, you know, people always want something to worship. And if God isn't good yeah. enough for them, they'll worship their pastor. Oh, it's true. And we're, we're all susceptible to it. Of course we are. Yeah, we're human. Of course we are. We're human. <laughs> yeah, but I think we've made too much of the platform. We've. Yeah. That's why I think Christina Reynolds, when you shared like your disdain for all of this, like at the beginning of our conversation, it's like I I understand that because you're like we've made a mockery of the platform, and really, you know, we've made these these, and I listen. It's not every pastor. There are so many awesome. No. So I, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I, the last thing I want to do is like, damn. Eh. Right. I think, unfortunately, there hasn't been leaders who have developed their leaders to understand that Jesus gets to be the hero of the story every single time. Right. And th these, you know, these young, I, I, I will say some of the younger generation pastors that I've listened to will toss a little sprinkle in a little scripture and make their story the central focus and really how they are the hero. And so people are like, well, I just want to be like that pastor. It's like, man, we have to change the narrative that we aren't the center. Jesus yeah. is. And, and you guys, honestly, I don't know how to do that. 
I don't know how to tell, you know, these young pastors who think like that sermons, their sermon is going to change everybody's life because they spoke it so well. You know, I don't know how to fix that. All I know that my husband and I are called to, we're called to model Christ and we're called to serve and we're called to love and we're called to be with people. And you know what? Sometimes that lands us up on a platform, but you know what? I don't want to stay up high on a platform. What does it matter? Right. If I gain the whole world and lose my soul, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. No, right. thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I talk from real experience because I've been on that platform and I've watched so many people fall and I'm yeah. like, Lord, I don't want it. Yeah. I don't even want it. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you. I am 100% with you. And yet sometimes God calls me to be up there and I'm like, yeah, that's, it's hard because I honestly, you guys, there are times that I'm like, I don't want to come here. I sit on girl club, right. And we're talking and then I have to, I don't have to be, God calls me to be on certain platforms and there are bright lights and there are. And listen, I love the expression of worship. So I do, I love rejoicing and jumping and I love that. But it, the truth is, it is all for the glory of God. And if I take that glory, mm. ooh, do not take the glory. It's, no. the, it's the Jason Upton song. There was a song many years ago that changed me. It rocked me to my core and it caused me to look at my Hollywood existence as a Christian and go, Okay, that's it. I no problem. Getting on my face, counting the cost. I count it all as loss if that's what you need for the excellencies of knowing you, Lord. Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And the song was by Jason Upton at called Dying Star. And mm-hmm. one of the lyrics in the song, here's this guy talking about being a star. And 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 he opens a song saying speaking, saying, So you say you want to be in the army of the Lord? Well, you better trash your idols if you want to be in the army of the Lord. And he Mm -hmm. starts singing about being on stage. And he says, the reality is if the whole wide world is staring straight at me, they can't see you. And, and, and if you are wanting the world to stare at you, they won't see God, no matter how much you think, no matter how much of God you think is in you. And that is the problem. It's people thinking that God is so in them that the world should stare at them. And the reality is you could stare at me all day long, but if Jesus ain't in the temple, you're going to see a whole lot of ugly. You're, you're going to see a whole lot of nothing. You're going to see a whole lot mm. of unintelligence. You're going to see a whole lack of wisdom because it's really and truly what people are staring at, what they want, right? Is the wisdom of God, the love of God. They want the intelligence of God. They want, they want scripture. That's why I always say like, if you don't know what to say, just get up and read the word, read scripture and get out of the way. You will sound like the most brilliant human being in the world. I mean, I've spoken at conferences with pastors. I love it. This one woman, she came in and she had her sermon for the season. It was prepared. She hit her mark. Every, every, every movement was punctuated. And I have literally spoken at conferences with men and women like that. And in the beginning, it used to blow me away because I was like, whoa. I don't do that. Oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Oh my gosh, why am I here? Oh my gosh, I'm not. And I remember crying because this one pastor spoke at the very first conference I ever spoke at. 
And he came in with his armor bearer and his entourage. He was a big deal. And I won't say his name because you would all know him. And he was like, he had the church. He went on the pulp. He went on. He had his perfectly tailored sermon. And when he had everybody at the high, they're screaming and yelling and running to the platform and throwing money at the, and I was literally sitting there. I was terrified. I was bawling my eyes out. And I looked at Roger. Roger was literally holding me. You could, no one would have paid attention because there were 5,000 people in the church and everybody was in a frenzy. And Roger goes, what is wrong? And I said, I can't do that. I don't do that. I said, I don't understand. Is, did they bring me here for that? I've never done this before. If they brought me here for that, I'm about to, make, I'm about to embarrass myself in front of everyone here and make a mockery of, of my God and my faith. And Roger said, you were brought here to do what you do. Yes. Do not do not be discouraged. Do not get sidetracked. And so when I went up and I did my thing and we had a big forgiveness call and everything, and I felt the Lord's presence, it was blessed, blah, blah, blah. But I have to tell you that same pastor within three months was all over every tabloid, cheating on his wife, broke up a whole huge church, a whole lot of drama, fighting in the yard, nasty, like it was ugly. And what I realized is that in the last days, there will be perilous times where men will be lovers of themselves. They will project a form of godliness, but reject the real power of God. A lot of people, doesn't matter whether they're leaders or the person next door or the guy working down the street at the grocery store. A lot of people have a form of godliness, but they have rejected the true power of God. And the true power of God is about the word of God living in you and through you being able to impact other people everywhere you go and having a willingness to proclaim the gospel of peace. It's all scripture, you know? And I remember the pastor who brought me over for that very first conference that I ever spoke at said to me at the end of the conference weekend, I want to bring you back and I want you to speak. I want you to do all the main services. I want you to do the Bible college. I want you to do this. And I looked at him and I go, huh? And I said, you know, pastor Ray, I've, you know, I mean, I don't even know how to make an altar call yet. And he goes, that's okay. You didn't know how to preach uh, a week ago. He said, but here's the thing. He goes, it's authentic with you. You're in the church till one o'clock in the morning, praying for people after the conference when all those other people, they've gone home. They collect their check or their honorary. Gig, 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 gig. Preach. It's just a gig. And and that's when I really learned some things. Because he said to me, he goes, there's all these trends in the body of Christ. There's the prophetic trend. There's the word of knowledge trend. There's the guys who do this, the guys who do that. He said, I'm 70 something years old. I've been alive to see all the streams that have been trending. He said, and all the streams end up in a swamp. He said, the only stream that never ends up in a swamp is the word of God. He said, you stay in the Bible and you keep preaching and teaching the word of God according to the Bible to the Bible, and you will never end up in a stream. You will create an ocean. That's why for me, I started looking at all these different churches and they're strong in this and strong in that. I don't want to be strong in something. I want to be rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ because we can't mm. go wrong. If we keep seeking to come back to the word of God, how do we go wrong? You know? 
Well, C- Cynthia, I, I'm just like, I, I, I don't really have any words after that. And it, it is, again, I think I'm hearing you. It's like, it's not, you're not against these pastors that you're just like, can we come, can we get, can we let's just get on our face before the Lord? Can we be like, can we really do this according to his word, not according to the agenda of, uh, I don't know, like being somebody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Because I mean, he, when you want to be somebody, man, you will fall and experience being nobody because you mm-hmm. have to. Cause you fall into comparison. You fall into all those things. It's like, and it always goes back. It's so funny because it always goes back to what you share your whole testimony about living out in the identity of the sonship, daughtership of mm-hmm. like you are the beloved. And when we don't live out of that place um, and it's really easy to get misaligned with the truth of the gospel, it really just is. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm really thankful. I'm thankful that you keep it real Cynthia there's not like a fake bone in your body I'm so thankful for that it's like really awesome to be a part of a conversation where I know you're not like trying to pretend that you're like something that you're not and it is it has been water for my soul personally because I've seen a lot and witnessed a lot and I honestly sometimes I just walk away feeling so bad about myself from other conversations and like I like really like it's just happened and that's you know that's probably partially my own thing, but I, I feel really grateful to have, you know, real talk and with you. you you, But you guys are the same. You're exactly the same. I mean, I think if you're watching girl club, you're exactly the same. You know, there's a reason why water seeks its own level. There's a reason why people become tribe, you know? And I think, um, I I, just both Christina's I know, um, had to get off and, and do things. So, Um, but I just, as we close, you know, I just think it's really important though, to recognize that, you know, we gotta, we gotta grapple with this thing about why we love Jesus so much, you know, but the church is a really painful place for a lot of people and has been a painful place even for us at, at times, you know, in our journey and, we do, we have to wrestle this one down and we got to pin this one. And, um, yeah, I just, it's a worthy conversation because we are the church. We are the bride of Christ and Jesus loves his bride. He loves his church. So we want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And, um, man, I, I I don't know that there's any more to say this week, you know? Yeah. So as you guys um, go through your week, we just, you know, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for taking time to hang with us. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking at some of the comments that came in today. Um, we all take our references from what is visible what we know of Ukraine is what we see on TV, even if it's part true. Similarly, much of Christianity is read by what famous pastors and churches do or don't do. So when they make errors, it would be so good if only they'd say, I'm sorry. 
Yeah. And, and that's, whoop, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the thing. I, that's why when you don't try to put yourself on a pedestal and entertain and be everything to everyone, if you make a mistake, it's easy to look at your peers, at the peer group you've created and say, oof, yeah, I was off on that. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, but when you seek to be everything to everyone and you seek to be on a pedestal and you seek to be up above and elevated and exalted, you are going to fall and the fall is going to be further. And I mean, I think about the arrogance in which some pastors who have fallen this year express toward me, you know, when I said to them, you know, Hey, I mean, why are you blocking out your Instagram page in support of BLM? If you want to support black lives and black lives really matter to you, try putting a black woman on your pulpit sometimes or a black man, like, because your church doesn't all look like you. And the only black people you ever celebrate are famous NBA players or singers I come from Hollywood. I know what a groupie is. And just because you got a pulpit and a church doesn't mean you're not just a groupie, you know? And I, and I said, I, I asked him in a spirit of love, like put some diversity, show these black people and these brown people in your church, some black and brown faces that lead because you can't be all things to everybody. Look, girl club. I know why girl club looks the way that it does. Nova, you sometimes will echo something I said, or I'll echo something Christina Boudreau said, or Christina Reynolds said, or, or, no, or, you know, Christina Reynolds will echo something you said, but because it comes out of a different vessel, it may reach some different people. And at the end of the day, the body of Christ is the united colors of Benetton, guys. We don't all look alike. You know, we don't all think alike. We don't all have the same issues. What we all have is the same God. So we're the same color, really, in his eyes. But the outward appearance of us, I think the diversity of us is so amazing. Like God created this incredible palette of people in his kingdom. And it's so beautiful. And, and if we would just celebrate each other and lift each other up and promote each other, man, the world would be a different place. You know, and- you know Cynthia, I had, and I know we're trying to close, but I just got this super crazy visual of Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I had the visual of the people standing here and then he, he's actually up, he's actually lifted up and people are looking up at him and went in that. I I'm imagining being in that moment and where he was put high and lifted up was at his death. Like Mm -hmm. there's something there. If you, Like the visual to me just gives me chills because I'm like, when I imagine Jesus walking around, he was with people, he was washing feet. And in his most torturous moment where he was lifted up, it was because he was dying. Dying. I'm just like, whoa, Lord. Like star. The And and Cynthia, when you said that, do you know my name, Nova, means it's, it's like a, it's a, you know, people go oh, supernova, superstar. And when I really looked into my name, a Nova is a dying star. 
that is what my name and everybody told me you you know you need to be a star you need to be blah 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 and everything in me it just always rubbed me the wrong way and I realized my most authentic and beautiful self is when I am dying to myself yeah and it's no longer I that live but Christ who lives within me and it is like Thank you, Lord, for the revelation, because I would have been eaten up, chewed up, spit out had I thought I was really something. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank Thank you, you, Lord. Lord. Totally. You know, it's, it's, uh. How is he not, you know, worth being revered, you know, and how, how have the four walls called the church, you know, the ecclesia become such a, a, a difficult, you know, awful, horrible place for so many people to want to step inside of. I mean, that, that, that breaks my heart, you know, because the only way, the only way, and I say this, and I mean this with everything in me the only way you will have true freedom peace and joy is to truly get to know jesus christ to Mm -hmm. truly read i don't just mean read your bible you gotta read it cover to cover old to new and then go back and study it and and dive into it and ask questions about it i see so many people running off doing their own things calling authenticity something that looks like nothing Nothing looks like nothing that resembles identity in Christ. True identity. God created you. How do you not read the owner's manual for your life? How do you not read the owner's? It's like buying. It's like me. You know, every time I buy a new iPhone. I mean, I know how to text and email and do certain things, but I never really read the whole thing to know how to do everything that my phone does. And so I usually wait for the kids and the kids will come along. (laughs) No, mom, you can do this too. You can do that too. Well, yeah, okay. Get yourself some friends who can teach you all about what God can do for you and listen to them and test it. But honestly, if you just read, you know, read your owner's manual, you'll know everything you need to know. And and, and then you'll be able to go to church with a real understanding that no matter who's on that pulpit, you'll be clear about why you're there. And that's, I think, what we're committing ourselves to doing right now is trying to get clear about why we're here. Why are we the church? What is the church? What does church gathering look like for us today? You know? Because it is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And hopefully that brings about the same response that it just did for Nova and I, because man, that is a really deep statement to me. It's really deep. You know, I, I I have changed everything about my life for the gospel, everything. And to see people make a mockery of it, you know, or to have these big churches with thousands of people and lead them wrong or incorrectly. And, you know, who am I to say what's wrong or incorrect? I'm nobody, but I can read the Bible. And when it don't look like the Bible, it's wrong. It's incorrect. (laughs) And I'm going to call you I'm going to come at it that way because truly it's like, it's not me making those, that, those judgments. I want to know what God says. So anyway, 
good talk. <laughs> yeah, good, good talk. talk. Yeah, good talk. Love you, Cynthia. Well, I love you too, Nova. Thank you. And thank you for, just thank you. You know, thank you for being so real. All of you guys, man. I mean, thank you for being fearless. You're fearless. You know, you guys, you, you get on here, Nova, and you, you're, you're just fearless. You're courageous. And I'm grateful. Yeah, I love being here with all of you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Ladies, we got to go. I want to sit here in his presence. I guess I definitely feel his presence. You know. And I would encourage you even after we 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 close today to just sit for 5 minutes in his presence and um let his spirit continue to minister to your spirit. He's got things that he wants for you, you know, and from you and through you. And I I will be praying this week that each and every one of you will become everything, everything. Lord, let them become everything you want them to be. Let them achieve everything you want them to achieve. Let them say, do, live, and experience everything that is your highest for each and every one within the sound of my voice and us too in Jesus name. <sighs> Thanks for watching girl club. You guys um, write us, like us, subscribe. I think you've gotten all of our social media stuff out there. Please um, look for us on TikTok and uh, rumble. And um, we love you guys. And we're just trying to expand to keep reaching the lost wherever they might be and acknowledging that certainly on TikTok you got a whole generation of 13 year olds who don't know much about Jesus because this is the most unchurched generation in the history of the church. Come on, you guys. We got to do something about that. We have to look at ourselves for that. We have to look at the church, you know, and understand why why is that? Why is that? Because we want to make a difference, you know. I'm not interested in much except impact. God let Girl Club make an impact. So I ask you to share, you know, and to help increase the numbers of people that get impacted here each and every week. And um, check us out on podcast, you know. So we love you guys. And we will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel on Saturday. And then soon we'll be moving to Monday mornings uh, live. But for the... for Next week, you can catch us again on Saturday. All right? Bye, everybody. Bye, no. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.